When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Cincinnati Bengals fans. Here with the Running Through the Jungle crew. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons for your roaring reactions. A day late, a dollar short, but uh, I that's I, it's on me. I was under the weather, couldn't get to it. Uh, Justin was remote, couldn't get to the computer, so... We, we had we had to postpone it for you, but we're here. Better late than never. Gentlemen, how's it going out there, Justin? Hey, you know what? Better late than never, but I'm just going to keep it 100. We were celebrating our new year. <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't a fabulous game, but at the end of the day, it's always nice to spend New Year's Eve with great people and then celebrate with all you have accomplished, what everybody's accomplished and stuff like that. Successes or failures aside and all that. It's just it's just nice to ring in the new year with good ones. You know what I mean? So I had a good one. I had a good weekend. How about you guys? I legitimately did not. I did not celebrate the new year. I uh, I was in bed. I actually missed part of the Bengals game, um, about half the second quarter and the entire third, because yeah, I was funny. under covers, uh, in the dark with no sound on, with a massive migraine headache. Um, but hey, better now. Uh, so got to watch, you know, the the football games yesterday and everything, and got to hang out with some of my people yesterday. So not all was lost. Tim, uh, how was your New Year's, my man? Dude, I'm old. I was in bed by before midnight. Yeah, it was still great though. My wife, you know, every New Year's Eve she does uh, finger foods, um, you know, so taquitos and mini tacos and mozzarella sticks and beanie weenies wrapped up or the little sausages wrapped up in a blank pig in a blanket yeah little vienna sausage pig in a blanket yeah you know it was a great it was it was a nice uh new year's eve minus the Bengals loss but um it's been pretty good i uh, just want to tell my wife and everybody um happy 15th anniversary to my wife and i she's put up with me for 15 years and hopefully she can put up with me for another 50 more uh, hard to believe tim hard to believe right uh listen going into this game if you tell me we're gonna have the time of possession 34 to 26 we're gonna run 71 plays so they're 53 we're gonna have 20 first downs so they're 15 we're gonna be eight for 16 on third down versus their three for 12 i'm like sign me up this is what i'm talking about we're going to kansas city and we're taking down the chiefs no. <laughs> Didn't quite happen. Uh, looked good in the first half. Looked real good in the first half. Yeah. Second half, boy, tail of two halves, huh? Uh, you know, this is a, we're out game 373 to 263. Justin, what was your take on the game? The, the, the good, the bad, and ugly here? 
Well, I mean, I hate to cut myself on the back that was right, but I didn't like our chances going into this game because of all the stakes that was had on both teams. And let's just call it what it is, man. The Bengals didn't play well enough throughout, down the stretch to earn themselves a playoff spot. And quite frankly, it once again, it reared its ugly head against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you're right. It, we, we did play good in the first half for about a little bit. But it always felt like that that was not going to be sustainable. You just always sort of felt like this, that the defense of the Chiefs want to come alive in the second half at some point. And they and they did. They, they Spagnuolo made adjustments and the Bengals didn't. Um, you know, I still tip my cat off to Jake Browning, Zach Taylor and the coaching staff for even getting the game to be as competitive as they did on the road in a tough environment. The Chiefs has everything to play for. You you can't say enough about the effort that they put out there on display. The fourth and one down in the red zone, I think that everybody will say that that would be the main turning point of the game to where the momentum started to shift in the Chiefs' favor, and then we just never recaptured that momentum back. But it was really a testament of how much we really missed Joe Burrow in that game. It, it was terrible. I mean, quite frankly, I, I still tip my cat up to where, you know, like I said, I'm just happy that they showed some 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 fight, you know. But at the end of the day, the positive is the fight. The negative is this defense still can't seem to stop anything. Kansas City once again, we're not good on offense. We also said that going in. This is what the Kansas City Chiefs are now. You know, they're not really explosive, but yet once again, we're gouging them big plays. No, or I'm sorry, they're gouging us. Big plays against our defense. Miscommunication in the secondary. You know, I mean, I think I heard Tony Romo or Jim Nance say this is the longest play of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was on Rasheed Rice's long ball catch that he had against CTB. It's just getting uglier by the minute, and at this point, it's time to just say, like, look, this defense is – We've always said it before, but now I think finally, collectively, as a Bengals community, we're understanding that this Bengals defense is not good. As much as we appreciate Jake Brown for stepping in for Joe Burrow, while Burrow has been out for the season, he's not the guy that when intensity ramps up that you want to have the ball in his hands. I got so sick and tired of them abandoning the run, even though they stuck with the run in the first half, and then they just went away from it in the second half. I feel like the screens that we did, a lot of those screen passes and stuff, the Chiefs, again, their defense made adjustments. So that was very – it was more like a frustrating game, but I'm not surprised. we. I saw this coming. But I'm also not mad. <laughs> Is that weird to say? Yeah, I'm not no, really no, mad. I get it. I've been saying for weeks that I'm in, I'm in kind of, you know, let's evaluate mode. Um so I, I haven't been getting angry per se either. Uh, I did just so you know, I did timestamp this to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure you, um, uh, you turned started to shift into sharded. I want to go back and look at that see if I can maybe pull a clip of you saying sharded. Cause I, I, I'm pretty sure you slipped it in there, uh, which I appreciate. I appreciate Justin. Um, but literally the Bengals defense did, charted, the, the Bengals defense yeah. charted. Uh, Pacheco, 18 carries, 130 yards, 7.2 yards a carry. Come on. Like, that, 
that's that's what beat us. I mean, in my mind, that's what beat us. Yes, uh, the rice, the big plays, but you gotta you have to assume with Patrick Mahomes on that other side, you're gonna give up a big play or two. So that's not what really led into mine. It was just the, the hammer. Whenever they needed five yards, they had five yards. It seemed like. Tim, what was your take on the game? As soon as that fourth and one happened in the third quarter, it was dead. Done. Bengals offense never showed up again. Now, I'm not going to give the offense as much credit as as Justin did because that offense died in that second half. Yeah, there that was a different Kansas City defense, and I'll give them all the credit in the world because they changed their game plan and they came at them with like rabid dogs. And as soon as you get Jake back there trying to figure out who to throw the ball to, then there's nobody to throw the ball to because there's either double covered, single coverage, or just nobody was open. Jake's going to get sacked. You know, one thing that pisses me off the most is, is, excuse my French, but Zach Taylor made a comment of, oh, I feel sorry for my guys. And I'm not saying Zach Taylor's not the answer. I like Zach. I think he's a good coach, but he's not honest with us on when he's in his uh, press conferences. But I feel sorry for the Bengals team because of Zach and his offensive play calling all the throughout this this whole season. This whole season has been nothing but a complete dire, as Justin said, shark. It's exactly what it's been. And then the defense-wise, Defensive-wise, yeah, you know, they only allowed one touchdown uh, against Mahomes, but allowed six field goals. Now, that, that, that's not bad if you have an offense that's putting points on the board also. So it's it's not just a defensive issue. It's also an offensive issue. Is it going to change when Joe Burrow comes back next year? It all depends on who's calling the offense. And also... Is the defense going to change next year? Depends on who we sign. Who who, who are we going to bring in? Who's going to want to come to Cincinnati and play football for Lou or whoever our defensive coordinator might be? If if Lou leaves or not, or Brian Callahan leaves, you know Zach's not going nowhere. You know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and praise Jake Browning because Jake Browning he played well. He played well for us a couple games there and there. He laid a pumpkin against the Steelers, you know, but the Steelers did exactly what Kansas City did. They pressured, pressured, and pressured and made him look like a lost puppy out there. Jake Browning was not our answer. Jake is not Joe. There's nobody in this world greater than Joe besides Joe Burrow himself. You know, yeah, I know I've been kind of hard on on Burrow and the or excuse me, on the Bengals right now. And I, and I'm not mad that they lost because of like Justin and I did, we picked them to lose. I knew they were going to lose this game, and Justin was completely 100% correct. This was going to be Mahomes's or the Kansas City's turnaround game where, you know, they were going to make us look like exactly what we look like. We have no rush defense, none, zilch. Our corners are young. We can't, you know, our corners are young. Awuzier, Hilton, you know, I like Hilton. I love Hilton. I think he's a pit, a pit bull. But is it the answer to cover, you know, to cover these wide receivers? We did a great job against the tight ends. We actually did good against Kelsey and uh, I can't remember what the hell that other guy's name. I think the only we allowed six. Huh? Noah Gray is the other tight end. Yep. Yeah, Gray. 
you know, I think I think we only allowed 16 yards each for both of those. So we did, you know, we changed up our game plan, but you know, with that big hole in the middle of the field, rush defense was crap. So, you know, it is what it is. And yeah, Brandon, we are in evaluation mode. You know, we're gonna see what's gonna come next for us this next season, this off season. You know, what's gonna happen in the draft? You know, I hope the best for the Bengals. You know, I'm a diehard Bengals fan. I love the Bengals. But this year has just been it's like you know night and day it's like you know the tide rolls in the tide rolls out <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're gonna get so you know who day yeah, that's all i'm gonna say let's just call it let's just call it what it is man it, it's a disappointing letdown because of the yeah. expectations that we had coming in this year mm-hmm. we 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 expected this to be a super bowl winning season yep. and yep. quite frankly we kind of we've kind of felt on edge the whole entire season when joe mm-hmm. burrow first got hurt in training camp and yeah. that basically just snowballed into a lot of different things. It was a roller coaster of emotions. You know, Burrow obviously with the calf injury led to a slow start, one and three start. We were very critical of the team then. They rattled off four straight wins. We thought we were one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and we were. Then Burrow gets hurt. And then unfortunately, we were now in the tailspin of what are we getting out of J- Jake Browning? He looked like a dud his first NFL start. He wins three straight games miraculously. Then now <laughs> He's on a two-game losing streak, and then now we're just back to just feeling like, all right, we're right at what we should have been if we would have tempered our expectations going into the season and understand that the possibilities of if things go wrong, this is what it could look like. And quite frankly, right. that's that's kind of on us as fans for – I mean, it's not on us as fans. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. I'm not blaming us for setting high expectations. The Bengals team helped us set high expectations based off the last two years of what we've – so, again, it's a it's a tough loss. It's like a gut-wrenching one because it is Kansas City. But if yeah. I'm a Chiefs fan looking at that game, I'm looking at that as like, boy, man, they had us wet with Brown. And thank God Joe Burrow wasn't out there. And that's what my right. that's what my credit I give to the Bengals team for continuing the fight. So much saying I'm giving credit to the offense for you know sticking through them and stuff. Dude, they only scored three drives, and then after that they were garbage the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we kind of knew that once that fourth to one stop happened, we kind of knew it was going to be a. It was done. It, it reminds me of those Andy Dalton when those Andy Dalton games when he's going against <laughs> another quarterback on the other side of the field. Once that momentum stops for them and goes for them, Andy was never the quarterback to regain the moment. He'll make plays. He'll make some nice throws. But at the yep. end of the day, the A-plus quarterback that's on the other side of the ball is going to make more plays than him and put him in position to win games. And Dalton will never make that clutch throw. We've seen Jake Brown do that against the Jags in certain aspects. Mainly, obviously, we point out against the Vikings. when that, yep. But that was more T. Higgins than Jake Brown. But but we should have we known that when you go against when the pressure ramps up, that's where he falls under pressure. Those I, I dude, I'm telling you, that last drive made me so mad. Because yeah, yeah we can talk about the O-line about letting the ball outside. Oh, oh, he getting hit. Dude, five, it felt like there was like five or six or ten sacks in a row that yeah. Jake Brown had just let because he held the ball so long. Like you can't even do a quick little bubble screen pass. It would be with one of them. Well, that was when you see that me. blitzer, you've got to have that that timer in your head. A thousand, one, right. a thousand, two balls out on three. It doesn't matter if you exactly. throw it out of bounds in the third row. does mm-hmm. not matter. Skip it in someone's feet. It does not matter. you got to get the ball out of your hands. Yeah. You know, with this game, I, I felt like I'm not, I'm not going to feet to the fire um, – 
was, you know, the offensive play calling, which I have been most of the year. I mean, they had 25 uh, runs by running backs in this game. Weren't very effective, so I get why they weren't trying to beat it to death. But, you know, on, on the defensive side, I mean, Spagnola did what Lou Anarumo's done so many times with making those second-half adjustments. Yep. We didn't make adjustments to his adjustment. Right. The, the screen game, obviously, there was some kind of tell that they were catching up on pretty quickly. Um, so there needed to be a different answer for for what that what that looked like, and we didn't have one. Um, yeah. and, and that may be because T. Higgins is uh, hampered with a hamstring. Uh, you've got uh, Chase w- hampered with a, a separated shoulder. Like yep. maybe it's because they didn't want him running. You know, Chase running slants. Maybe it's because T couldn't go get the ball on 50-50 balls. I, I don't know. So you know, there's a lot of what ifs in there that we we really don't know those answers to. What went through their heads? Because as you said, Tim, we're not going to get any of those answers in the press conferences. Nope, none. The, nope. the coach's cliff notes was a great idea going into this season. I thought it was fantastic. We would take all this yeah. information and give it to you in a short chunk. There's no information. It's a bunch of horse crap. He, you know, hey, you know, some today we just didn't come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't come do out on top. Like, come on, man. <laughs> no. No, I want to see him have some fire, bro. I need him yeah. to have some fire in these press conferences, and it's not happening. Like, you, you know it. It's okay. I know you got to keep it even killed, even during losses, and not get super high on wins. But at the end of the day, man, show that passion. Like, that's what I want to see out of a coach. When Dan Campbell got screwed from their their two point yeah. conversion call, Dan Campbell was heated, and he did not he did not care who saw it oh. or anything like that. I don't want. I'm not saying exactly. I don't Dan want Dan Campbell, Campbell either. <laughs> I want somewhere in between. I want somewhere in between. But give listen, me a say, happy medium. Say, just say I, I need to look at the tape. But we didn't play good enough. I didn't make enough calls. Yeah. We didn't challenge this defense. As a, we didn't block well it, enough. We didn't tackle no. good enough. Whatever it I might be, out. throw something out there. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson always called out his team sometimes in the press conferences for them to hear it back, and then it was always a psychological thing. I want to see Zach Taylor once, you know, once in a while call out his team like, yo, man, defense, we they did not play good football. The whole team didn't, but defense, we let up way too many big plays. Stop waiting for that to be Luana Rumo's job throughout the week to give that kind of speech. Dude, you are the head coach, okay? Not mm-hmm. just because you're offensive-minded or whatever the case it may be. You're the head coach. If something's not, not going right, call it out. Even if it's in a press conference, you're not throwing people under the bus. No, you're holding teammates and certain players, certain sizes of the ball accountable. It's a wild loss game. Simply put, why'd you lose game? We left way too many big explosive plays on defense and on offense. We couldn't get the drive going in the second half. But for that is a testament of we didn't play well enough to win this game. It is terrible, disgusting, and the way how this game up, we honestly didn't show that we deserve to win this game. Some, give me some kind of you know, animated passion a little bit. Well, did anybody watch Jake Browning's uh, news conference at all? His conference? No. He, he made to. a comment. He made a comment on there 
there was something, and I I I don't want to misquote it, but I can't remember off the top of my head because you know age then, is getting. Then it's, then it's paraphrased, Tim. Yeah, I'm gonna paraphrase it. So don't. So Bengals fans, Food Day Nation, don't get pissed off at me when I say this because I can't remember what he said off the top of off my top of my head. They said he made the comment of, well, it was kind of like not everybody wanted to be out on the field or or could or, or then he goes well could be out on the field it was kind of like i kind of took it like he took a shot at t a little bit when he did you know when when we did miss him the first half but then t came back and then jamar with his, his injury and i might be you know scrutinizing it a little bit but i don't know if there's there was a like because jake you can see his he wears his emotions on his face in his news conference he looked pissed he looked sad he looked defeated disappointed just defeated like you know and there was kind of that comment that he made and you know i don't know if something happened after the game between him and t or jamar chase or somebody you know it was just kind of like that comment he made i was like whoa and then he's like, well, uh, I didn't mean it that way, but I meant it this way. Yeah. I have a feeling if it would have been between him and Jamar Chase, we would have heard something about it. Yeah, Jamar would have called him out. Jamar would have called him out straight up. I agree. Hey, this is a good spot here um, for us to take a quick break. We're going to uh, come back. I got some questions for you guys. I'm going to get your feelings on some things with our team and some things with the AFC playoff picture. And then um, – Right after that, we're going to give out our oh-so-hard-to-find offensive and defensive game balls. These may – I don't know if these are actually going to be game balls. These may be more like a practice ball, but we're going to give we're gonna give, the, we're gonna give the game balls out. So <laughs> we'll be right back. Take a moment here for us. Share us with a friend. Tell a friend to share us with a friend. Hit that thumbs up, like, subscribe, and uh, – if you got a second, give us those five-star reviews if you're on Spotify or Apple or any of those kind of deals. And we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Roaring Reactions and Coach's Cliff's Notes uh, here with the Run It Through the Jungle crew. Your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. We've went through an nauseum uh, how pathetic the second half of the Bengals Chiefs game was. And, um, yeah, I don't want to say they quit. I, you know, I think there was still some fight out there, but there's definitely some some issues with injuries and things of that nature. But here's my, my question. Based on our team. So, given two things, I want to say the defense um, – I think we right now rank 31st overall, um, last in several categories. Pretty good. Um, T. Higgins been in and out of the the uh, lineup with injuries, hamstring problems, soft tissue issue. Um, so, what do you think is more likely? And Justin, I'll go to you first on this one. Do you think it's more likely that Lou Anarumo leaves for a head coaching position, or do you think it's more likely that T. Higgins moves on because we don't re-sign it? That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Hmm. 
That's a good one. I, I think that T. Higgins gets tagged and the Bengals find a way to get something out of, you know, if they can't come up with a long-term deal with T. Higgins and another team can, well, then they're going to force that team to give away up some assets to take T. Higgins off our hands. That's what I think is probably the likeliest to happen. In terms of Luana Rumo getting a head coaching job, it's frustrating because I really wanted him to get a head coaching job after this season for the betterment of, I want to see this defense in a different scheme now. And that's that's what I want personally. But now that this defense has performed the way that it did, who knows? Maybe the Bengals offensive, I'm sorry, maybe the Bengals front office and organization is going to come to Zach and be like, look, we got to retool some things. Lou and remote, we'll let you go do your thing. Go search for a better opportunity. It may not even have to be a head coaching job. It may be another defensive coordinating gig with a different ball club like Eric Bieniemy did. He left Kansas City, opted out of his contract, and became an offensive coordinator with the Washington Commanders. You know, it's a lateral move. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But I do think that Luana Rumo, if he if that doesn't happen, he's back at defensive coordinator. So that's a tough way to go with that one. So it's like a way of like answering the question without really answering the question. Well, well, so if, you, if you dig I, into what you said, you think you think T gets tagged for at least one more year here. So I you would say I do, do. T is more likely than, than to be back than Lou. Um, not that either one would you know, it may work out. Both of them are back. Um, I think, like, you know, you talked about uh, Eric Bieniemy making that move. Eric Bieniemy, yes, he made a lateral move, but he went from not calling the plays to calling the plays. So it's a little different oh, than, right. than the lose situation. Lose in there. Um, but uh, Tim, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you twofold on this. I want to know what your thoughts are as far as what's more likely. Um, Lou to leave or T to leave, and then with based on Justin's answer here, right? If we do um, uh, tag T Higgins for one more year, do you draft uh, another wide receiver this year, trying to get another uh, bigger body wide receiver in there, or do you get the other pieces that you need worse on the on the offensive defensive line? And, and try to roll the dice here going for this year and uh and then and then try to get your receiver the following year what's your take on that so i got i got multiple feelings about t higgins i love t higgins you know i think he's a great wide receiver when he's healthy um you know i'm kind of like i i think that with the Bengals will franchise tag him but as a as a organization or a franchise do I want to give him that much money as for a franchise tag? That would be my that, that's my the back of my head thing I was going. Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he actually going to play, you know, more than 8 games, you know? That's the one thing that would be in the back of my head. Now, to to Justin's credit with this, he may not have done this or may have done this. Uh next year is the 5th year option on Burrow, so he's not fully in yet. Right. And we're not fully in on Chase uh, getting a new deal yet. So if you only tag him for one year, it comes off the books when you're in the fifth best place going into the offseason of anybody with the salary cap, and you're not getting ding until the following year with Joe Burrow. That's correct, right. Right. So, you know, I think, you know, I think Justin is right. I think if if we can't come to a 
you know, agreement of some kind of contract with T. I think we franchise tag him. Um, maybe in maybe if we can't come to a deal with him, we franchise tag him, then we trade him. You know, we trade him for a first or a second rounder. Um, we get a big body wide receiver out of the draft. Um, you know, with the T, like I said, with the T thing for me, it's like, you know, it's it's like one of two things. I would love for the Bengals to keep T because then if we have T and, you know, they, they sign Jamar Chase, so a nice contract. Um, Boyd's probably going to walk. Um, Awuzie's gone. DJ Reader's probably gone. So we're going to free up something. We're going to have to either strategically draft for the offensive line or the defensive line or the defense when it comes to the draft. Um, or maybe even pick up a free agent that is a veteran, veteran free agent that's probably 27, 28 years old, defensive lineman, you know, a defensive tackle. Um, but you know, that's that's just like a tricky that's a tricky that's a tricky question, Brandon. And then when it comes to Lou, you know, my thoughts on Lou is is you know, I think he would be a great head coach somewhere. But I don't see that happen. I see the I see him staying here for another year at least. You you know it's funny because everybody always looks at head coaches as what they did as defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, so on and so forth, right. and play calling and stuff like that. But the things you need to be a great head coach are not those things normally. You know. And the, well, the thing is, is the players love Lou. The players yeah. love Lou. Everybody loves Lou. You know, is Lou gonna? Is Lou going to say, you know what, sorry guys, have a nice day. I'm going to go make, you know, head coach money. Or is he going to stay for another year? Because, you know, we do have, you know, quite a few returning, re you know, returners in the defense that are coming back. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we're going to clear a little elephant out in the room here. Uh, so, right now. The Bengals are no longer in the playoff hunt. Uh, we will be playing the Cleveland Browns next week to see um, if we can have a winning season, get that moral victory for us. Uh, but uh, going forward, if you're wondering what you're going to see out of our shows and, and things of that nature with the running through the jungle and whatnot, we're going to talk a little bit about all of the NFL playoffs. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit about the college football playoffs. Go Washington. Go to um, anyway. Neutral. <laughs> um, I'm neutral for y'all. Y'all fight. fight. Swiss. So, so you know, one thing I want to add about college football is I told Brandon on on Friday on the homies that you can watch on FFSN on Friday nights. Um, I told him I said, you know, if Michigan and Washington win, I said, I'm sorry, B. But I'm choosing the Huskies. He don't to care. Which, he, I, could, I could root for a leprechaun, and he wouldn't even give a shit. To, a to which I, to which I replied, he I don't care who Notre Dame was playing. I wasn't root for him. Exactly. Don't, doesn't matter anytime, anywhere. Go whoever Notre Dame's playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not um, going. That Washington, that Washington Texas game, to me, similar gave me flashbacks of the 2006 Rose Bowl with Vince Young versus Matt Liner. It felt like yeah. I was watching carbon copies of both teams on yeah. that night. Like mm -hmm. Matt Liner was on Big the bunch. other side. 
Uh, I and, think that he and was, left-handed. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I feel like Matt Liner gave me the shades of, I would say, Quinn Ewers, and mm-hmm. Michael Penix Jr. was Vince Young. Like Michael Penix Jr. is like he. I see what the hype is about him now. Like he felt like he was a man amongst boys when he yeah. was playing. It's well, like he was is. just carrying that team on his shoulders. Yeah, he's a big dude too. So like, well, that no, was a fun yeah, game he's to watch. old. Fun. Oh yeah, he is older. He's guy. older. I think but. he's. I think he's the same age as Joe Burrow. Um, but yeah. Also, you're going to see a lot more in depth AFC talk because we play in the AFC, and this is what we're going to be going through. And it looks like we're going to be able to talk about some AFC North teams going through these playoffs. Baltimore Ravens are playing really well right now. Um, so we're going to really critique them and dig into them and talk about like what we got to do to combat them to get better matching up against them because it's obvious that some of those teams did that with us. And mm-hmm. I think we need to look into that. So you'll see a lot more of that going through the playoffs. Um, and then going into the offseason, you're going to hear some of the stuff that, we, you know, old stories about players we love and things of that nature and uh, what we think they should do. And I think uh, trying to plan something out. So the week before the NFL draft this spring, I might be, live in Cincinnati with Justin and Chase. So stay tuned to that. We're going to try and have a good time there. Um, But for our AFC coverage now, we got the Ravens in, number one seed locked up. We got Dolphins in, Chiefs in. They're locked. And then we got the Browns with the fifth spot locked, with the fourth spot open because – Noah wants to win the AFC or the NFC South for that matter. Um, So we got the Jags, Bills, Colts, Texans, Steelers all have a a chance here. So we got 29% chance on the Steelers, 46% on the Texans, 54% on the Colts, 94% on the Bills. 77 on the Jags. I'm not going to go into those things. I just want to know when you look at those five teams and you look at those three spots, who are your two odd men out between the Jags, Bills, Colts, Texans, and Steelers? Who do you have outside after next week? Justin, we're going to start that one off with you. Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those two teams, I folded on them last week, and I know that the Colts got a nice little dub over the Raiders, but I just don't, I just don't feel it with them. I just don't. They got to go against the Houston Texans to end their season. Houston is playing to win that division. Jacksonville has a game next week. I mean, I'm sorry, this Sunday. Let's take a look here at the Tennessee Titans, who are also going to be playing their starters. Look, I just, I just can't buy it. I, I just can't buy it with the the um, the Indianapolis. I think they're in a really tough spot, even though the percentage are fifty four percent. And as for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, they may be without. They may be playing a, a well rested team with the Ravens that they're gonna rest all their starters. But even the Ravens backups are playing at a great level too. So I just don't feel like that the Ravens will, you know, sit this one out. And if and let the Steelers get a weird sweep on them, kind of like how the Bengals did with the Browns in 2021. You know, we rested our yeah. starters after week 17 against Cleveland. 
And then, you know, we was like, whatever. We already got the four seed locked up. We were resting everybody. And then the Browns beat us barely. And they got that weird. Suit. I don't think the Ravens are going to allow that to happen. So those are why those are my two odd man out teams. You know, uh, uh, another uh, ca- uh, feather in your cap there about that comment with the, the Ravens. The Ravens still have a little bit of assault in the wound from two years ago when they rested all their guys and then laid an egg in the playoffs and got beat. Um, so that that's actually been talked about a little bit on the Ravens uh, chats and whatnot. So, Tim, out of those teams, Steelers, Texans, Colts, Bills, Jags, who do you got as your two out? Well, I'm going to say the Bills and the Colts. The reason why I say the Bills is because, you know, Dolphins, they ain't done yet. They're, they're still fighting. They're still fighting for that number oh, one. Oh, Dolphins are in. Dolphins right. are a lot. Dolphins are but in. The Dolphins so and the, the Bills are the Bills are are right, right. now on the second um um in the second wild card spot. Yeah, but the Dolphins aren't gonna sit everybody on Sunday. Oh, they play yeah, the Bills play, they the, play the Bills. Yeah. The Dolphins that's play the, the Bills. Do or die for the division. They they got yeah, they got to fight out the division. Is it? Yeah. It is. Yep. Sunday night football. It's Sunday yep. night football. The That's Bills be versus a... the Dolphins. The Dolphins aren't going to sit everybody. The mm. Dolphins are going to fight for that division, and they're going to, and I say they're going to beat beat the Bills and make the Bills go home for the for the playoffs. Then the Colts are going to choke. So I'm saying the Bills and the Colts, they're going to be the two odd men out. I, I believe that the Ravens, they're not going to start all their starters. No way in hell. Why would you? There are there's nothing there's nothing for them to gain if they win or lose. And the way that the Steelers have been playing, they could win and they could screw the pooch. But still, I'm going to say the Bills and the Colts are going to be the two odd men out. All right, I I, I like it. I like it. I, I you know what? I, I like the bold take, but man, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can vibe with you on Buffalo, man. I don't know. That's, uh, what you, that's you know? What? Everybody, all the media has been riding the Bills. The Bills are playing tough football. Tough football. They they look like crap against the damn Patriots the other day. They looked like crap against the Chargers the other day, the other week too. The I Bills, know. I wouldn't I be scared. if I was anybody in the NFL. I'm gonna tell you this right now: the Dolphins are pissed that they got beat by the Ravens as bad as they did. They ain't gonna roll over and let them rub their bellies. No way in hell. If you have if you've been listening to me at all the past couple of years um on uh on the steel curtain network or the homies or anything like that i've talked about the quarterbacks in the afc and that's the reason why i think the afc has been a better division than the nfc so i'm gonna look at the quarterbacks on these upcoming matchups the jaguars i don't care if they've got sunshine back or they're playing bethard i still think they're both better than Minshew. And regardless of what's been going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a reason why Mason Rudolph was third string. So I think you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at um, uh, Josh Allen, and uh, either one of the quarterbacks the Jaguars throw out there. I'm giving it the nod. So I agree with uh, Justin. I think the Colts and the Steelers are going to be the odd men looking out at the end of the day. And I think uh, you're going to get the Texans sneak in there. So, and good on CJ Stroud. And I think that might, that might put a little bow on the, uh, the uh, coach of the year. 
because I, I, I think like that's a Brian heck of a coaching coaching uh, job there. Yeah. Um, you know, rookie coach, rookie quarterback, making the playoffs after what the Texans have been through. I mean, let's not talk about their record the past few years. Let's talk about what they've been through as an organization. Mm-hmm. Things right. the owners said, things that their uh, franchise quarterback has done and been through and whatever. I mean – what a what a what a fall from grace and a jump right back into it. Good on the Texans, so I dig that. All right, now we talked about the good. We've talked about the bad, losing somebody. Let's talk about the ugly. Um, offensive and defensive game balls. Woohoo! Oh yeah, this That's is right. gonna be ugly. The Bengals and the Chiefs, and we're still gonna give out game balls, Tim. I'm going to let you have the privilege of going first on this one. Who gets your offensive and defensive game balls, my friend? Defensive game ball, I'm going to start right there. I'm giving it to Mike Hilton. He had two tackles for loss as a sack. He played pretty good ball. I'm giving it to Mike Hilton. I know Trey had his sack, but that's all. I think he had one solo tackle and a, t- and a sack, and that was it. Um, so I'm giving it to Mike Hilton, even though I picked Trey. To, but you know what? Trey did tie T.J. Watt for the sack the sack uh leaders so they're both 17 all um offensive game ball man (laughs) i'm just gonna give i'm gonna give the i'm gonna give the joe mixon 21 carries 65 yards he had a receiving touchdown and 22 reception or 22 yard reception um i guess i'll just give it to mixon Yep. <laughs> All right, Justin, on to you. Offensive and defensive game balls. Who you got? I'm going to start offense first. I'm not going to give my offensive game ball to Jamar Chase. I don't need care that his numbers were 3 4 41 or something like that. He got it in the secondary's head that the Chiefs, he called him out. He's a big dog. He's a guy that I want to take to a street fight when I'm going into a dark alley getting ready to go against those guys. And he came out swinging, literally. <laughs> Swung on uh, Justin Reed when he tried to push him, and his knee he got in. He just got in his face. Like Jamar has no fear factor when he plays against yeah. Kansas City, and he shows him that, and he tells him that he challenged him. He wanted Kansas City to challenge him, and he did. I was mad also too that the offense didn't challenge the this Chiefs secondary enough because there were times where I felt like Jamar Chase just he was open. Whether if he was double covered or not, he was open. He didn't make a nice little hole shot throw, you know, to get Jamar the ball. So he's getting my game ball, personally. Defense, I'm still going to go with Hendrickson, even though I do like the the, um, the mentioning of Mike Hilton because two tackles for loss in the sack. Um, dude, Mike Hilton was all over the place. He was the only guy that I felt like that did anything worthy when it comes to the secondary. Everybody else on that cornerback group, I can't agree with. I understand CTB had led up the big play, but that was miscommunication on the back end, not more or less because CTB got beat. But Henderson is because he is the new league leader in sack along with T.J. Watt. He got the strip sack that led to the fumble that led to us extending our lead. And I just wish that, the again, if the Bengals' defense would allow him to rotate and affect the pass rush in different spots, he can be even more dominating and a more sensational player. But he yeah. just – they don't allow him to be – they don't allow him to be that game record like he should be on a regular basis. But he's still getting my game ball. So, Jamar Chase – Trey Henderson. Those are my ones to do. Yeah, I'm uh I'm gonna mix in a little bit here, but um 
On the offensive game ball, it's a little bit of no one did anything in this game and a little bit of um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, I don't know, kind of a, a mention here because he toted the rock 21 times, uh, had 87 total yards, only three-point yards per carry, uh, 3.1 yards per carry. But Joe Mixon with an offensive line that wasn't giving him much against a defensive line that was what definitely went in the, the, the battle, the line of scrimmage. Um, Mixon kept running hard and kept hitting – Everybody that came in the hole. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to give it to Joe. I thought he's, I thought he's ran hard all year. I thought he looked like he's got a little bit more of his pep back from the year before where I think he was battling some ankle foot injuries. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we, we redid the deal and we got another year here. Uh, if we want to, that's one of the things that I know that, you know, we've been, I've heard, you know, some of my other brother and out there are saying well you got to make a decision you know joe mixon or t higgins two things one that's like the difference between a cadbury egg and, and um and a, a new car that's it's eight million dollars versus probably 24 million dollars you know what i mean right. big difference um but you've already got uh mixon's under contract right now for 8.5 um, if we do cut him for some reason, which I, I find really hard to believe after he was gracious enough to redo his deal uh, and take a pay cut, um, it would be 2.75 against uh, dead cap. So I don't think there's any way, shape, or form. And I think we probably do bring in another rookie running back, somebody with a little more power, um, somebody that might be able to be that blocker, you know, I think I think that's what we could see in those later rounds, three, third, fourth, fifth round. You can get a guy like that, right? Um, and then with the you know the defensive game ball, I mean, I strip sack man. I mean, caused the fumble. Uh, that's what Trey Hendrickson does. Uh, Flip that ball out of his hand. So um, I think Trey Hendrickson's been that guy uh, for this team for several years now. I heard one of the stats in the game that since 2018, he's led the league in pressures. That's that's a pretty cool stat, man. Um, so Trey Hendrickson's, uh, Hendrickson gets my defensive game ball. Uh, but, man, I, you know, I saw – we've seen some flashes out of the young safeties and the young corners, but we continue to see bad angles. This was the second straight week we saw some bad angles. Week before, it was Dax Hill. This week, Jordan Battle. I think that's stuff that they get cleaned up over the offseason. Have a little bit more tape, A, and get used to the speed of the game. The speed of the game is different. Everybody says it. You're college to pros. Yeah. And then you always talk about, did they hit a wall because they went from 12 games to 17? You know, that could be two. Uh, but but here we are. So I think I think we're sitting in a decent place there. And I think we've got a lot of opportunity to draft places that could be really, really vital for us going into the next season, too. All right, fellas, any last closing comments? Going into uh, the running through the jungle for the yeah, for the I'll Browns go, preview? As disappointing as this season has been, and it was disappointing, you still got a 
we still got to understand that there's been a lot of good that's happened this year too. It's just the unfortunate avenue of, hey, we finally hit the injury bug in the more critical places. We just got to go through it, okay? Just one of those recognition. We had to recognize this is just not the year. So as frustrating as it was with the high expectations that we did have, just understand that when we get things right, we can get things rolling. And we just got to understand we can't take this league for granted. The league is a humbling place, you know? We're seeing what the Ravens are doing now. We're seeing what the, you know, the Cleveland Browns are doing right now. And obviously those are teams that are having some pretty damn good success this year, but they had to go through their gauntlet and adversity too. You know, Browns this year specifically, but the Ravens over the last two years, they haven't looked like the, the old Ravens from the 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson year and whatnot. I mean, it looks it's likely he's going to win MVP this year now that he's kind of staked his claim against the Dolphins. But they had to go through a lot of changes during that time period. So the league is just very humbling place. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals are understanding that nothing is going to be handed to you. So it was still some good things that happened this season. And you know what? Let's just take this. Let's just take this opportunity to just to push the envelope and get better as we go into next year. Well said. Well said, Justin. Tim, you got anything you want to add to that? You know, like I said before, you know, these teams in the AFC North, they built those teams to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Now it's time for us to build around Burrow, build around our defense, and beat those teams. It's time for us to become the big dogs again in the AFC North next year. Who would they? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll say this in closing. If you lose the line of scrimmage, you lose the game. Unless you count on the best quarterback in the the country to come and save your ass. So, I address those two things first. Figure that out, win the line of scrimmage. And then, now you got the icing on the cake when you bring Joe Burrow back. But I I really think we need to to focus on on the front seven on defense and those those guys on the line on offense and make sure whatever we're doing continually in the draft we're putting pieces back in there when uh when i wanted penny soul i was wrong jamar chase was the right guy but we gotta start putting some other pieces around him now on both sides of that line so that's my last call for for this for this version of the roaring reaction Bengals fans check us out We will be running through the jungle as always. Um, It will go live Wednesday night on YouTube, Thursday morning for your drive time. Uh, So make sure you check that out. And uh, we'll also uh, come check me out on the Steel Curtain Network uh, or on the Fans First Sports Network on the homies. Uh, I will be over there and not backing down from them uh, as they say all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Um, The homies overtime. It's probably my favorite hour of the week because you have no idea where this conversation is going to go. So it's a good time. So come check us out. Thanks again for listening to us. We appreciate all of you for rocking with us, building it up each and every week. Until next week, we're running through the jungle.